Hey everybody and welcome to Athlete for Life. This podcast is about talking to people who have devoted their lives to sports, hearing about what they've learned, how sports have improved their lives and the lives of others around them. I'm your host, Joe Yavoli. I'm a two-time NCAA All-American, an ACC Rookie of the Year, a national champion, and a former professional athlete. Playing sports from a young age has shaped my life in so many positive ways. All I am today, I owe to athletics. That's why this podcast will highlight the important role sports play in the lives and development of young people. Athlete for Life is brought to you by Sports Recruits. If you're a parent or player, Sports Recruits puts you in control of the recruiting process. Student athletes can build a free profile, find the right schools, and connect with any college coach in the country. You can get started today for free at sportsrecruits.com. Today on the show, we have the head coach of San Jose State Softball, Peter Turner. Coach Turner, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm excited to get to talk, but let's get started like I always do. How'd you get started playing baseball? Well, I started playing baseball as a child, about eight years old, actually, and then uh, gravitated to the ranks playing baseball and football in college, and, and then gravitated to softball after I retired from playing baseball in college. Gotcha, gotcha. So so when was it, um, or what happened that made you decide that you wanted to play baseball um, and you said football in college as well. What 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 made you decide that those are the two sports that you wanted to play at the next level? Because I was pretty good at both of them, <laughs> <laughs> and I was a little shorter stature. I, I actually love uh, basketball, but uh, I wasn't gifted with a lot of height, and mm-hmm. uh, so I elected to take those two and and pursue those gotcha. uh, during my high school and collegiate ranks. All right. And, uh, and what other sports did you play besides football and baseball? Played basketball. Uh, those are the three sports I played Just growing up. Gotcha. Um, and so if you can, can you talk about how do you feel like those sports while you were growing up might've helped you in other areas of your life? Well, where I grew up out in the country, I, I pretty much played, uh, in a, um, uh, lower economic part of town. So it really gave me a chance to play with uh, diverse cultures that I wouldn't have had an opportunity to. And then also gave me an opportunity to play in a team structure and understand what the team environment's all about. Mm-hmm. And do you feel like learning to play within that team structure, um, has that helped you outside of sports as well? Absolutely. I think it. I think the, the biggest thing that athletes have over those who don't play or haven't played competitive sports is we had the ability to understand criticism and, and not take it the wrong way. It certainly Mm -hmm. helped me when I graduated from college and got into the business world uh, of high tech. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. When, uh, you know, as an athlete, you sort of learn from a young age that you need to take feedback. Um, You need to take feedback positively in order to get better. Um, And that's, that's obviously going to help you in all areas of life. Um, business especially like you just mentioned so what made you decide on you know doing my research it looks like you went to pacific and then you went to sacramento state um if you can can you talk about what made you decide on pacific and then um it looks like you transferred to sacramento sacramento state can you talk about why you made that decision absolutely i, I actually talk about this with my athletes quite often mm-hmm. um 
I had a, I played for a very large junior college, football and baseball both, and mm-hmm. decided and elected to just focus on baseball at Pacific, which was a natural crossover since it was so close to town. Mm-hmm. My other option was Fresno State at the time. So I like to go to Pacific, and then I found out after a year and a half that my true passion was no longer baseball, but it was football, and mm-hmm. I was playing softball at the time in the summer uh, when men's fast pitch was pretty big for my dad's team. Right. So uh, I knew the football coach at SAC, decided to go to SAC, transfer to play football. When I got there, I found out I had some knee issues, mm-hmm. and I really came to the realization that if I'm going to graduate, I better focus on school and hang up my collegiate career, which I did. Hmm. And I went from a average student to a Dean's Honor List student. So I believe it was a good decision for me. And it was something I never regretted. Right. Uh, and then I had an opportunity to go on and play softball after that. And that's kind of how my collegiate career ended up. Right. And so how old are you? What year was this when you decided that you were going to stop playing in college? Um, and focus on school. I was 21. Yeah. Um, so that would have been your senior year? Yeah, I went into the office of my senior year right before spring training and, and told uh, my head coach at the time that I was going to transfer and that I was going to pursue football. Right. Um, and he wasn't real pleased. And mm. uh, But it wasn't a decision that I've ever regretted. Uh, mm. I really had lost my passion to play baseball. Right. And the guys who I played football with, which I was receiver, and most of my friends were offensive linemen, were completely different than baseball people, and I had missed that part part of my life. Right, right. So when you um, when you think back on that decision um, early on in your life, when you decided to originally go to Pacific, um, how do you wish you would have rethought? Um, you know, what was the right school for you? How would you how would you have rethought? You know, whether or not that was going to be a fit. Well, that's, you know, that's a real good question. Um, and I, I tell my recruits that it has to be a good fit. Pacific was not a really good fit for me, mm-hmm. although it was local. Uh, it was a private institution and I was a public school kid my mm-hmm. entire life. And it, right. it just didn't fit my personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, the state school was uh, a similar structure to what I had grown up with. Right. And if I had to do it all over again, I, I probably would have gone to I would have just gone straight on and played football at Sac State or a couple other options that I had. Uh, But that's, that's, that's what probably the one thing that I regretted, but I did have a chance to, to go back and, and, and uh, entertain a different institution. So I was lucky. Right. So when you, uh, you know, along the same lines, when you do talk to young players or parents, how do you recommend that they think through the decision of choosing the right school for them? Well, I think it's pretty simple for us. We have three basic uh, rules that we try to engage with the parents and the athletes. It's family first, school second, softball is a distant third. Hmm. And having five children and raised five children, one of which went away to play college ball, uh, what's really important is do your parents want to watch you play? Do your grandparents want to watch you play? Mm -hmm. And what are the social economic factors that will prevent them from attending? And it could be health, it could be distance, and it could be financial. Mm-hmm. Uh, for us, we're big at recruiting in the state of California for obvious reasons, the talent's here. And then also it's close to home, but yet far enough away where you get the college experience of being independent. Right. So 
so let's let's talk about um, San Jose State softball a little bit. Can you tell us what are the values and principles of the program? Well, the values and principles are the three pillars that we believe in, which is you, you certainly put your family first, but school is second, and softball is a distant third. Uh, softball is not a reality of, mm-hmm. of what they're here for. The reality is they're here to obtain a degree and hopefully pursue a career so they don't go back home and live with their folks until they're 40, and that's mm-hmm. what I, <laughs> I profess. Uh, I still have one left at the house that just graduated, so that's always our uh, first and foremost um, function is to make sure she gets a uh, occupation that she enjoys and is completely independent. Right. So that's what we believe in. And secondly, along those lines, being in the Silicon Valley, there's a tremendous amount of opportunities here mm-hmm. for financial reward and, and also to obtain a scholarship, or not a scholarship, but to obtain a degree in a, in a field that you desire to pursue. Mm-hmm. With that said, one of the things that we're real big on is we do not limit our athletes to uh, what degree they have to take to mm. fit into our program. We have to fit into their arrangements. So right. I, the thing that I'm proud of, I have one that's in med school right now, and I have four nurses I've graduated, an engineer I've graduated, wow. and several that are in the science in the sciences. Right. So we're, we're really proud of that. And, and there really is not a professional opportunity like there is for uh, men in baseball uh, outside of when you complete college. Mm-hmm. So it, it really sounds like San Jose, you guys are focused first on making sure that you're setting these athletes up for success later on in life. That that sounds like your main goal. Is that right? Absolutely. And, and that's the number one goal. And, uh, you know, if we do that, the winning has taken care of itself. Uh, mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we have to keep softball in the rear of your mirror and use it for what it's worth, which it's just a game. Mm-hmm. And it's a great opportunity for them to escape reality of class and tests and play right. and, and take it back to the simplest form. When you grew up, just play. Right. And so, you know, for those, those three values, family, school, and softball, a distant second, how are you making sure that your players embody those principles that they that they are living by those set of priorities that you're setting for them well we we break up our kids into uh, uh ac- academic groups and we're very strict on the academic side mm-hmm. uh we 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 have a great support staff here uh for them we have all the tutors for them we have everything here so they won't fail and we make sure that it's a priority first uh, mm. and foremost in front of uh, a game or a practice. Right. Yeah. So it it really sounds like, and I keep thinking this as I hear you as I hear you talk about your priorities. It, it really sounds like these first two things, the the family and school. It sounds like your philosophy is that if your athletes focus on these two first, the third aspect of softball and athletics will fall in line. Is that right? Absolutely. And, and I certainly believe that what happened to me is the stress of school was one, mm-hmm. and I'm talking about when I was at Pacific, right. and then the long, lengthy practices were, got to be just something that was I dreaded on a daily basis. And right. when you start looking forward to rainouts, right. then you're not where you should be. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I've 
I have learned that lesson from that. And our practices are very quick and fast, and they're two hours and 15 minutes at max. Hmm. But we, we maximize our effort. And I think I get kids that are fresh all the time and enjoy coming out. Yeah. So I'm curious, how do you make sure that your players are maintaining that passion that you're talking about, that they're not hoping for a rain out or anything like that? How, how do you make sure that um, they still love the game, like, like you're saying? I think for us, you, you got to put your finger on the pulse and you got to know when you're, when you're out that you're getting tired. Mm-hmm. We give them more than the standard one day off a week. Uh, right. We kind of gauge that on where we are in the season. And uh, we also give them time to enjoy college life as well as to go home and, and spend time with their family. Right. So it's less of a job as opposed to uh, a, a sport. And I think what happens is too many people turn the sport into a job. And, and we're very careful of not doing that. Right. Yeah. And when, and when it becomes like a job, they get burnt out. It's just it's, it's harder to improve. And, and like you said, it's harder to keep that passion. Um, so so when a player leaves your school after four years, what do you want them to have learned the most? What's most important to you? Most important to me is to learn to work with other people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you you are going to work with people who you don't particularly care for unless your dad owns the company and right. makes you the president. <laughs> right. Having said that, uh, it's not right or wrong. It's just the fact of life and, and learn how to manage that. And in the same way, when you have 24 athletes, they're not all going to like each other, but I, I want them to compete together and be a team. And, and that's mm-hmm. what you have to strive for. Right, right. And so I'm curious if you, if you can go a little bit uh, deeper on that. How, how do you, what's the best way to, to make sure that your players are learning to work together, especially in a situation where, you know, when it's a team of 20 to 30 people, they're not always going to get along. How do you put them, how do you put them in situations where they need to learn to work together? Well, we do various things. We do split them up a lot where they're, they're with different people on a daily basis, but I'm a huge believer in that the time they spend away from the field together mm-hmm. is more important than the time they spend on the field. Then they get to know somebody on a different level. Right. So I am not a big advocate of team bonding if I make it a, uh, an assignment for them. Right. However, we support whatever team bonding they want to do as long as it's their idea and their plan. That mm-hmm. doesn't mean I, 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 I don't oversee it in terms of, okay, I prove it or not, right. but I want it to be their idea, and then it becomes their team bonding, and, and that's what we do. And team right. bonding doesn't mean coach has to be there, yeah. and, and I'm real big on that. Right. So can you, can you talk about, um, can you give an example of maybe a type of team bonding that your team has chosen in the past? Well, I'll give you an example of what's going to occur tomorrow. Sure. We started this tradition, and, and honestly, we stole it from San Diego State Baseball, uh, Halloween practice tomorrow. They will be dressed up. I won't. They will be, <laughs> and that's that is a, a fun time, not only for them but for me as well. I I, I can I can't even imagine some of the getups they're going to have. But right, for sure. We kind of keep it loose, and in the practice is really loose then. But that's something that their idea was. They came up with, and it's kind of 
caught on for the last five or six years. Yeah, yeah, and and so it, it sounds like your theory is, as a coach, you just need to get out of the way of that. That they they want to do that, they want to have fun, they want to bond together in that way. Your job is sort of to just step aside. Is that right? I think the biggest problem with some coaches, and this is just my philosophy, is they get in the way far too much and they mm-hmm. create far too much structure. Right. Um, you have to trust your athletes, number one. Mm-hmm. I give them a lot of autonomy, and with that comes a lot of accountability. Right. But uh, they're always honest to me. If They will make mistakes. That's what college is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's nothing we can't fix if you're honest, and, and uh, we'll move on from there. We'll be right back. This is Matt Wheeler, co-founder of Sports Recruits. We started Sports Recruits because as former student-athletes, we understood how sports can change someone's life. The mission of Sports Recruits is to empower student-athletes to pursue their dreams. We do this by giving student-athletes the tools to find the right schools for them. With every college coach in the country on Sports Recruits, you are always a click away from being recruited. To get started, sign up right now at sportsrecruits.com for free. I want to ask a few questions, you know, for any young players, um, you know, that might be listening. Um, from your standpoint, when you're teaching, uh, when you're teaching a young kid who's who's just getting started playing the game, what's the most difficult lesson to teach them, or, or what do you find is the most difficult for for young players starting out to learn? For our sport. I think the toughest thing to teach them is it's a catch and throw game that if you mm-hmm. can't catch, you can't throw, you're not going to be very good. Right. Secondly is to play the game because it's a game mm-hmm. and that you enjoy it. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. us adults sometimes get in the way of that. Right. And once again, create so much structure that's built around winning or losing or, or Sally playing the position I want them to play as opposed to just being part of a team. Not everybody's going to be a pitcher and not everybody is going to be a shortstop. And lastly, and, and for my, my youngest daughter was really good at this, is she played multiple sports and um, high school. And I think that's very healthy for them to be focused on one sport. It's just too much time on the field and their bodies just don't get a chance to rest. And then you get into that, this is becoming a job and not a game. Right, right. So a couple questions there. Um, I do want to talk to you about um, your thoughts on specialization. It sounds like you went into it a little bit, but it sounds like you're recommending that young players should play multiple sports. Is that right? I think with that comes a tremendous amount of diversity. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you do, you Mm -hmm. learn to work in different uh, subcultures, if you will. Uh, right. The culture, what I reflect back on basketball was much different than the culture in baseball and much different than that of, of, of football. So having said that, yeah, I think it's extremely healthy and uh, you get a chance to step into a different environment mm-hmm. and adapt to that environment. Right, right. And along the lines of, you know, you mentioned, you know, you mentioned how you feel like coaches especially early on, they make things a little bit too structured. How do you, how do you recommend coaches go about making sure that the game is fun while also teaching them the fun to, fundamentals, right? There, there needs to be some structure there in order to, to teach them, you know, that it is a catch and throw game. 
Um, but you also, you know, you don't want to be too overbearing. I understand what you're saying. How do you, how do you find the balance between those two things? Well, I think you gotta, you, you gotta keep that, that little kid in them. And we do things to in our practice on a daily basis that have nothing to do with softball. It is a contest of, it might be everybody in on the two teams that they're divided on are trying to knock a bat over that's standing up at the plate from right. center field and the winner get something for it and uh i think i think the human nature is to compete Mm -hmm. but it's also to compete outside of that arena of softball so yeah although you need structure to teach the game i think we could do a better job of teaching it and teaching the values of the game as opposed to uh, emphasizing winning only now well with that said i will also say sometimes we get to the point where we de-emphasize winning and everybody gets a trophy theory doesn't work either. Right. At the end of the day, you get to a level, I think when you're about 14, where you're playing with real bullets and, and the games do count now. Mm-hmm. And, and now you're teaching them to be more strategic. Right. And right. I, I believe that Little League has done a great job of everybody playing an equal amount of time. And mm-hmm. I don't believe softball has e- evolved to that yet. I don't believe mm-hmm. I, I know they haven't. And I'll go watch... My wife and I went and watched uh, the San Jose Sting 12-year-olds uh, uh, three weeks ago. Yeah. And it was it, uh, we, we do camps for this, this organization and other organizations. Right. But to see the kids, they were excited to see me out there. And, and it's the first time my wife and I went out and watched 12-year-olds play in quite some time. But yeah. I really enjoyed it. And they were having fun. And you got to think, reflect back, how do I keep it like that when they get right. in college with structure? But, you know, keep it fun like that. Right, right. Yeah, it sounds like, you know, the example you gave of, of putting a bat in center field, it, it sounds like that's a great example of I, I can see how, you know, that's going to that might help you teach some of the fundamentals while also teaching kids to compete and have fun while they're on the while they're out on the field. That sounds like a perfect combination of what you're what you're saying or what you're suggesting. Well, I'd like to think it is. I mean, the day before, I mean, yesterday we put the pitching machine up and launched the ball about as high as we could in the, and had each group, whatever group caught three balls first. And trust me, they didn't look good doing it, <laughs> but whoever caught the, the three balls first won. Right. But uh, yeah, yeah, I think if you keep it loose like that, you find kids that look forward to going to practice. Right. Right. So along those same lines, what do you wish your players, um, you know, that you deal with now, your players on your team or, or players that you've had over the years, what do you wish that they would have learned at an earlier age before they arrive in college? Well, it's a good question. We try to, we try to really do our homework because when you're recruiting an athlete, you're not only just recruiting them, but you're recruiting their family. So we want to make sure that they understand that not everybody is going to play all the time and that you're going to compete and earn the right for more playing time. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's the one key thing that we have to really do our due diligence on. Hmm. Uh, now with the portal, it's so easy for an athlete. If things don't go their way, they split. Right. And I think that's okay. I'm all, I'm all right with that. Mm-hmm. But I would like to think we're finding people with the wherewithal to say, hey, I'm working to get better. And right. sometimes in life, there's people that are just better than you are. And, and then I have to adapt and see where I can fit in this team structure and what role is beneficial to my teammates. Right. Yeah. That goes back to what you were saying before. It's, it's all about learning to play within a team and being part of the team 
means that you're not always going to be, you know, the number one player on that team. You need to learn how to work within the existing framework of the team that you're on. Yeah, especially with athletes at this level, because more, I would say more often than not, but most of the time, these are the key players on their high school team or their club team. They've always been number one players. And now to get to a different level, Mm -hmm. it's kind of the, the analogy that came from the Peter principle, which says sooner or later, you're going to reach the level of incompetence based right. on <laughs> you're just going to compete against better people. And there's right. a reason why I didn't play pro baseball or pro right. football. There were better people than me. Right. <laughs> right. Um, so, so when you think back on, you know, all the players that you've coached over the years, what would you say is the one attribute that's most common in the best players that you've coached? their ability to adapt mm-hmm. uh, to changing environments. Uh, uh, and and it, the environment changes every year. For us here, it's been unique because not only does, does the environment change every year, we get new athletes to come in, mm-hmm. but also we were, we played on a field that wasn't ours for two years and won a championship because our new diamond was being built. Huh. So they had to adapt to that. Right. And they did they did a fine job doing it, mm-hmm. but also then it comes from, you know, the freshmen that are now seniors, uh, they forget sometimes how scared they were when they stepped on campus right out of high school. And we right. really try to teach them to, to be mentors to the younger ones. And we assign them mentorship and we give them that accountability that, Hey, did you go talk to your mentor? We asked mm-hmm. freshmen. No, well, that's why you have a mentor. Right. Right. So I, Try to teach them to rely on each other more than relying on me. Right, right. Um, so, so just a few questions, um, you know, for any high school players that might be listening, or any parents who are interested in recruiting, um, or you know, getting their kids recruited. Um, so, when you're looking at players to be a part of your program, what what attributes are you looking for um, in a kid? Uh, you touched on them a little bit, but I wonder if you can go into that a little bit more specifically. A few things. I mean. The, the obvious is we're, we always look for good athletes. And for the most part, we don't, we never limit ourselves by what class they're in because people get overlooked. Mm-hmm. And secondly, what positions they play. If they can hit and they're a good athlete, we'll find a place for them. Right. Uh, outside of pitching, uh, that's something that's a specialized uh, area. Mm-hmm. But also, you know, what's more important to them? What's, what's the most important thing? And hopefully it is getting their degree and it's their family. Um, and if softball is number one on their list, then I kind of take a step back from that because I don't want it to be. Right. Can can you talk a little bit more about that? I I know we've touched on that a little bit, but why, why would you take a step back from a kid whose sole focus is softball? Well, then the other two things that are important to me, in my program, their family and their education now takes a huge backseat to to what, what I believe should be their priorities. Hmm. And sooner or later, this game is going to leave them. Yeah. Uh, and if it, when it does, are they going to be prepared to do other things? Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, I retired from football, I retired from baseball and eventually I retired from softball and I was prepared to reflect back on it, but I miss it, but I still am a part of it. 
Right. Are, are they going to be prepared to face the next challenges of reality that's in front of them? Right. Yeah. So again, it goes back to, um, you know, that outlook of you're thinking about how to set them up best for, you know, the next 20, 30, 40 years of their life. So when you, when you think about, you know, the recruiting process, what are the, what are the biggest mistakes that you see players or parents make during that process? What stands out to you? I think the biggest mistake that the parents make is, well, there's a few. One of the biggest is, is this is all not about financial means to an end. I mean, getting a scholarship is, is a rare opportunity for a lot of these. Right. But the other values have to be more important than the monies that you're going to receive because we only get 12 scholarships and I have right. to divvy them up how I see fit. And hopefully the future of, of the athlete and their child is paramount when making the decision and it's based on what's best for her to accomplish the goals she wants after she completes her softball playing career. And then so and then so finally when athletes reach out to you what do you want to see or hear from them? What's what's the best way for them to approach that? I think you you through the interview process you find uh, what's important to the to the the parents mm-hmm. for the, and what's important for them for their child to be successful. Uh, I mean, I reflect back on when I was that age and I couldn't tell you what I wanted to do. And maybe right. that's why I changed my major four times when I went to college. But right. <laughs> uh, you know, what are the important elements of of their child going away? It's it's scary having my own children going away to college. I I already the my second daughter went away to college out of, out of the state. And mm-hmm. you would have thought that we had sent her to Iraq the way the family was crying when she decided to go away to school. Right. And I believe it was one of the best things she's ever done. I'm very mm-hmm. proud of her now. And she's extremely successful at Google, but she needed mm-hmm. that independence. Right. So each of my children were different. And I believe each of my athletes are different. So it really comes back to what's important for their parents, for their their child to be successful. Mm-hmm. When you say it, it's, uh, can can you talk about that a little bit more? When you say it's important, it's about what's important for the parents for their kids to be successful. Um, can you give me an example about you know maybe some prior like what what were your priorities when when your kid went away? Well, my when my child went away to school. And I'm I'm speaking of my second daughter. Yeah. It was important that she learned how to be independent, um, mm-hmm. and she was more attached to my wife right. uh, than my other uh, two daughters were. So it was really important for her to to gain that independence and that confidence that she can do it on her own. Gotcha. Uh, so for for our case, that's what was important. Now mm-hmm. I reflect back on one of my former pitchers that it was important that she got her engineering degree. And when they ca- it came into my office, I had the five-year plan up on my board saying, okay, this is the classes you'll have to take. I want you to take winter session. You'll have to do summer uh, session. I'll work mm-hmm. around your your classes. And um, I looked over at the dad and didn't do my homework and said, well, I don't know if you know, but engineering is going to be difficult, but we can get her through it. And he looked at me and said, yeah, I know. I- I'm an engineer. 
So <laughs> I felt kind of silly at that point. But right, uh, right. You know, and and I'm really proud of her. I mean, she got a job a month out of school, and it was great to go to her graduation party at her house. And I don't miss those or weddings. Right. And right. it was it was neat. So you, I think you, you, as you step through it with them as a, as parents and I have to be a team. We, mm-hmm. you know, and we're not always going to agree about playing time. Mm-hmm. And that's separate from, that's a professional decision I make, but right. we can always agree about what's in the best interest of their child's future. Gotcha. Yeah. So once again, it, it comes back to that principle, um, which is awesome to hear you say that. It sounds like your, your most important focus is how you're setting this player up for success later in life, which I think is, is awesome for people to know. Yeah. And then, and if the focus is strictly on their playing time, Right. And why isn't my child getting to play type of of, of uh, approach to me? Yeah. This is not the place for them. Right. Uh, and that doesn't mean they're right or wrong. Doesn't mean I'm right or wrong. It just is not the environment that I I choose to have here. Yeah. And and I don't want to be a part of it. I want to be a part of something bigger than than the playing. Right. Makes sense. Um, well, coach, listen, um, this has been such a great conversation. I really appreciate you taking the time and coming on. Thanks for, thanks for coming on the show today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's episode of athlete for life. If you like the podcast, please take a second to give it a positive review on iTunes. This helps more people find the podcast. And if you're a parent or player, check out sportsrecruits.com. Sports Recruits puts you in control of the recruiting process. You can build a free profile, find the right schools, and connect with any college coach in the country. Get started today for free at sportsrecruits.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Joe Yavoli. See you again next week.